Hello, and welcome to White Coral. I'm your host, Jack Sudis. Today, I'll be diving into the topic of coral bleaching and how it can be reversed or prevented. First of all, what is coral bleaching? Some of you might not know. So, coral bleaching is the process by which the little polyps on the coral skeleton actually die due to increasing temperatures of ocean water, due to increased concentration of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Before recording this, I was curious to see if people really knew what coral bleaching was. So I created a survey and the results were exactly what I expected. Less than half of those who were surveyed knew what coral bleaching was. And of those less than half, less than half of less than half actually knew that it could be reversed. The first perspective I'd like to focus on is that coral bleaching can be reversed with a reduction of carbon dioxide to the atmosphere. According to an OceanService.gov article, corals can adapt to changing temperatures of the water, but it's a very slow process. Today, the rate at which water changes is too high for the corals to adapt. We need to reduce the amount of carbon dioxide being sequestered by the ocean because it's such a slow process of adapting to the new temperatures. An article written by OceanService.org also says something similar. They talk about how for the corals to fully recover, it's going to take about 10 to 15 years. But here's the catch. The conditions of the ocean must return back to normal. And that's just something I'm not sure can be done. These two articles tell us that it's going to take a long time for these corals to regrow, and that's only if the water returns. And that's because this is a topic that we should have focused on a while ago, but we screwed up and we're deciding to focus on it now. The next perspective that I'd like to explore is that adding biodiversity can affect corals' perception to bleaching. According to an academic journal written by Cheryl Logan, corals living in reefs that are more diverse are less susceptible to bleaching. This means that if we can increase biodiversity across all reefs, then we can preserve them until carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is reduced to a considerable amount. And considering that the rate of growth of which carbon dioxide is in the atmosphere is falling, it looks, we're on the, looks like we're on the right road. It still might take a while because like I said before, the perfect time to start working on this issue was 60 years ago. But because we're just starting to act together now, we still have a long uphill battle to go. Another perspective that I'd like to focus on is that mitigating stressors from the corals can help speed up the regrowing process. According to a TED talk by Kristen Marhaver, a few years after the Corribean bleaching event, polyps were starting to grow back on their corals. And this is because of the stressors that were taken off, like sewage pollution, fertilizer pollution, dredging, and overfishing. Although it's near impossible to take off all stressors off the reefs, there are some that can be prevented easily than others, like pollution and dredging. And we have already seen the impact of reducing stressors in the Caribbean now, and imagine what could happen if this could happen all across the globe. 
I like saying this, but I don't really think it's possible. But it is possible to do this with more accessible and more important reefs, like the Great Barrier Reef. Now, I'm going to go a little off topic here for a second on the Great Barrier Reef and tell you a very troubling stat, because I really want you to know the impact of coral bleaching. More than half of the Great Barrier Reef is dead. To put this into perspective, the Great Barrier Reef spans 134,600 miles of the eastern Australian coast. So now think that if half of this is dead, that means that about 67,300 miles of reef is just blay and white corals. And that's just really sad to think about. Transitioning to a bit of a happier note, this perspective has been the one that I have found the most interesting, and that's because it's just with the use of clouds. Now, what does that mean? According to a peer-reviewed journal by Pedro Gonzalez Espinosa, clouds can reduce the amount of heat stress being put in the coral, which can help reverse and prevent the bleaching process. Something like this makes me very excited, because if we can get those oceans conditions back to normal, then the clouds can act as a catalyst in the regrowing process and help speed it up. An article written by NewScientist.com talks about the creation of artificial clouds. These clouds will increase the amount of sun being reflected back, which will reduce the heat in the water, which will allow the corals to be in the regrowing process. This makes me so excited for the future of protecting corals. All I can picture is a huge cloud spanning the western coast of Australia. Although, I'm not sure this can happen in my lifetime, I'm sure it will get done. Now, what do you think about these steps the scientific community has already been taking? Do you think there is another more effective way to save the corals, or do you think they already have it down? Regardless of your answer, I hope you enjoyed listening and have a fantastic day.